the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan, who is the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. This has been a very busy weekend for the British people, British public. You and me, the British public. Uh, it's been it's been very busy. Remind me why. There's some football thingy happening. The FA Cup final happened. I was watching that in the pub. It was pretty dull. I'll be honest. It wasn't one of the one of the great matches. Yeah, and some wedding happened as well. I believe so. Uh, the the fourth build star of Suits got married to a ginger bloke from London. So it's all yep. very exciting. Um, very very exciting. <laughs> I I say I I don't I'm, I don't like the monarchy, but I do like a wedding. So I I switched on for a bit. Are you conflicted with this then? Yeah, I I wish them all the best. But it, if I, they keep getting married, if you if the monarchy keeps getting married, would you like them more? No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they they get married a lot in Venice. It's, it's it's not it's not a new new concept, but it's the first time they've married a TV star, probably. Hmm. Probably, she's gone all kind of Grace Kelly, I guess, when she went off and married the uh, the Prince of Monaco. Have you seen her in Suits before? I, I'm yeah, I'm a fan of Suits. I'm about four seasons in, something like that. Oh, nice. Have you seen her in any films before? Because apparently she has been. Well, in some films, but yeah, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> she's not when I compared her with Grace Kelly that might have been overstating matters um, she's she's not one of America's premier actors um, sorry Megan I don't think but she's probably the most famous one now around the world uh, well I don't know the cameras won George Clooney quite a lot once during their wedding he turned, he turned up apparently oh. he did well there you go that's all the wedding commentary you're getting sorry guys um, <laughs> today we're taking on the big one. We're ranking every DC film, and by every, I mean most of, because we're not. Doing well, them. the ones we saw. <laughs> well, not even that. I'm missing out things like. So basically, if, if if it doesn't really feel like a DC film, like V for Vendetta, doesn't really feel like a DC film. No. So we're really not including doesn't. it. So that's that's our that's our definitions out of the way. To be fair, though, DC only bought Vertigo after it was filmed. I think so. No, okay. I don't think it counts. In which yeah. case, we get off on a technicality. So we're going to rank those. I've got a ranking. Season's got a ranking. Through the, the power of maths, we're going to combine that into a single ranking. We'll explain more when we get there. We've also got a, um, a quiz on Diablo Cody and a uh, and looking at the films of James Franco. And much, hopefully this time round. Yes. Much, <laughs> much, 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 much more, including news. Give me some movie news, Eugene. Uh, not to sound like a broken record, but Avengers Infinity War is still making lots and lots of money, apparently. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just gone past Jurassic World as the fourth highest grossing film at the worldwide box office. Ooh. And now sits behind Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Titanic, and Avatar. Yeah, it's going to... I think it's going to overtake Force Awakens, it looks like. Yep. But I don't think it's going to hit Titanic or Avatar. Yeah, I was reading something recently that the, 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 the three films that I mentioned, they all came out in December. Okay. So those are times when there's uh, a lot of holidays and there are not many other blockbusters that came out around that time as well. Yeah. So there's not much competition. Whereas now you have Deadpool coming out and Jurassic uh, World 2 coming up as well. So um, Avengers Infinity War may suffer in terms of that. It's funny because Avatar, I guess everyone saw it in 3D pretty much. And and even just that, that, that adds a bit. So you don't need, because it's based on sales, isn't it? As opposed to yes. numbers of people. So that means you don't need quite so many people to watch it. Whereas the others, I guess, it's all repeat viewing, isn't it? So that's, I actually listened to some advertising for Infinity War. They're basically around, yeah, come and see it again. So um, <laughs> clearly, and in fairness, I've seen it twice. So Me too. Yeah. I have as well. There you go. Uh, and I guess you'll see yeah, some people watching Titanic 15 times. Or something. Uh, why? Just to see if the boat didn't sink this time. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 
Good for it. I, I say I'm surprised it's overtaken Force Awakens because uh, I thought that was just such a huge event. Whereas this this was big, but kind of it wasn't like we hadn't had a Marvel film two months yeah. before. Or it was, but, um... And the thing is, this is only part one of two parts. So, so do you think? Yeah. So Avengers: Infinity War Part Two, which is going to be called something else. Yeah. That's the one. That, that's the one to look for, isn't it? That's the one that's going to yeah. break all the records. Exactly. Um, okay, Sherlock Holmes three is coming in 2020. Yeah, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., sort of. So uh, okay. I'm, I'm quite excited. I, I, I really enjoyed the first one. The second one was fine, not not so good, I thought. But um, I, I really like this take on Sherlock Holmes, I'll be honest. A, um, so uh, it's, he's a bit of a pugilist, but um, it's, I think Robert Downey Jr. is great in the role. I uh, enjoy Jude Law in it. Uh, it's a shame that Rachel McAdams didn't have much to do in the second one. So she kind of... Uh, spoilers I, for I forgot the, that she was in it as well. <laughs> yeah, she's quite about the first one. And the second one, she gets killed off very, very early on, but in a kind of... Oh. If they want to bring her back, they can kind of way. Okay. Um, Did she fall down into water? Uh, no, she got poisoned, I think. Oh. Um, and yeah, Nimu Rapace was in the second one. I can't, I can't imagine they're bringing her back. But there you go. Yes. Now Robert Downey Jr. No one watches any of his films apart from um, when he's playing Iron Man or Sherlock Holmes. So uh, I can see why. Well, I enjoyed the first film. Um, I don't think I've seen the second one, but yeah, maybe watch the third one. Cool. Um, and whilst we're talking about um, threequels are coming, uh, finally, Bill and Ted 3 is confirmed. <laughs> After much speculation. After about a decade of speculation. It's, um, but it was it was getting closer and closer. And now, yeah, Bill and Ted face the music. Um, I'm not sure we've got a date or not. But um, How much older are they now compared to their original, um, original film? I guess the, this, the first one was in the 80s, I'd have thought. Maybe, uh, maybe early 90s. Probably early 90s, actually. Um, so we're looking at at least 20 years since the last one probably a bit more yeah wow I enjoyed the first film I can't remember the second one as well <laughs> Same as Sherlock Holmes. I, I think the second one's rubbish really but um, it's, it's got its adherence but the uh, first one's great and whilst I'm on three calls John Wick 3 is happening as well that's all my three call yeah. news I haven't, I've not <laughs> seen John Wick or John Wick 2 but I thought I'd mention it uh, okay what have you got anyway <laughs> um, you don't remember last the last podcast I mentioned about Jake Gyllenhaal playing Leonard Bernstein. Yes. Yeah. Apparently Bradley Cooper is about to direct and star in a film about Leonard Bernstein as well. What the world wants now is more Leonard Bernstein movies. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So he'll write the film with Josh Singer, who you love, because he wrote uh, Spotlight. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So there's some good uh, writing credentials there. He won an Academy Award for that as well. Mm. So... Yeah, so two Bernstein films coming up. So good, they made it twice. <laughs> did Leonard Bernstein write, write New York, New York? I suspect he didn't. But um, if, if he did, that's a brilliant joke. Um, if he didn't, then it's rubbish. So uh, go and look that up. Okay. Well, which which do you think is going to be better? I don't know. Like, I prefer Jake Gyllenhaal as com- compared to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, as an actor. But who knows? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> so, and is it the first film that he's directed? I don't think I've heard of Project. Yeah, I think it would be. I've not. I don't think Bradley Cooper directed mm. anything. Because he, he may have produced American Sniper. I'm sure he's got some produced credits. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he had um because he even had a great run, didn't he? While well, he was Silver Linings Playbook, and then people yes. people really loved American Hustle, which I, I didn't. I'll be honest. But, um, the the Academy Neither. loved it. But uh, he's an American Sniper, obviously. But he's um been a bit quiet recently. Yeah. Well, good to have him back. Mm. Um, Star Wars news uh, Solo is almost upon us comes out later yes. this week um, which I will not be talking about you will not be talking about we've got um, James Lee who will be joining us um, hey James if you're listening and I, and I know that you aren't 
Uh, answer my text about rescheduling our recording date. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that wasn't the news. The, the, the news is that a, a Lando spin-off is already um, being considered, apparently. So Lando Calrissian is played uh, by Donald Glover. I always have to. Who is he? I always have to think carefully. That's not Danny Glover. Donald Glover. Who? Yes. Who is Donald Glover or who is Lando? Who is Lando? He seems to be very famous. Like everyone seems to know who he is. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't remember him. If you ever watch Star Wars episodes five or six, he's the guy who's played by Billy D. Williams. He's the he lives in Cloud City. Did he have a big role? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Awkward. He's <laughs> he's great. Um, he's very cool. He lost the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo in a way that I imagine we're going to find out about in this film. But yeah, from the from the trailers, um, Lando seems to be the highlight already, so no wonder they're considering a spin-off. Yeah. I guess cool, cool. Remains to be, the r- rumours are that Solo is going to do very badly at the box office. I don't know how they... Really? How like, th- I've seen some very pretty good reviews about it. Yeah, I, don't know, I guess they've got kind of pre-sale data or whatever else, but um, there was... And who knows, this could turn out to be nonsense, but yeah, I did read some of them thinking it might be a bit of a, uh, bit of a flop. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, I have next. So Jessica Chastain. Oh yes. Uh, well, she's to star in an all-female spy thriller called Three Five Five, mm. and she's recruited a huge cast. Oh yes. So Lupita Nyong'o, Marianne Cotillard, okay. Penelope Cruz, mm. and Fan Mingming. So basically, all Academy Award winners and Blink from X Men. Yes. These are future past. Although she's she's actually huge, isn't she? Uh, yeah, she is huge. This is this is a very um, very global cast. It is, it is, and very talented cast as well. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no British people mentioned there. Is that? No, no. Can, can we get Judy Dench into it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Judy Dench will be happy to do it. Excellent. I'll uh, I'll text Jessica Chastain. Yes, and let uh, her as, know. as you do on her personal cell. Yes, her cell. Goodness me. Um, Zombieland Two is uh, again coming probably uh so the the writers slash directors i guess um have said they want to hoping hoping for an october 2019 with all the original cast coming back uh, which would be a decade since the, the original wow uh, so it's been kind of brewing for a while there was talk sometime of doing a uh, a tv series and uh, obviously Emma Stone has gone on to greater things she's won an oscar since then um yeah exactly i thought she'd be too famous for this yeah i yeah, I think they're going to pay her a hell of a lot more than they did last time. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, Jesse Eisenberg obviously is bigger than he was then as well. But uh, and Woody Harrelson is was was big at the time and is still pretty big. Yeah, uh, Abigail Breslin, I guess. Is she is she still big? I don't know. I don't know what else she's like. Uh, she did Little Miss Sunshine before that. Uh, she she's getting work. But um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see because uh, when they said, "Oh, so we want the cast back," and it turns out they haven't actually got anything back yet. But um, I'd be I I really enjoyed that film. I'd watch that. Yeah, why not? It's Ruben Fleischer, I think, maybe. Anyway, which is good. Fleischer is a great name for someone for a zombie film director. Because it sounds like flesh. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do I have? What else do I have? Um, Kevin Feige. Oh, yes. You know Kevin Feige from MCU. Um, has plans to incorporate Miss Marvel. Okay. And this is not to be confused with Captain Marvel, which is coming up. Yeah. Or, uh, or Shazam, who is Captain Marvel. Yep, previously. <laughs> or, Mar- but, uh, this... or Marvel, who is Jude Law's character in Captain Marvel. Yep, very confusing. I'm very confused. Yeah. <laughs> they really need better names. I mean, like, okay, your flagship is Marvel, but honestly, you can come up with better names for the character. Is there a Captain DC? 
No. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kamala Khan or Miss Marvel is a recently introduced character. I think when I say recently, I mean like in the last decade. Okay. Uh, she's known as she's a Muslim teenager, so um, who has the power to stretch, like uh, Mister Fantastic as well. Right. And she chose her namesake because uh, she idolizes Carol Danvers. Makes sense. And she's a uh, very popular. Uh, her comic book is very popular. You say she's a Muslim character. Yeah. Okay. Is she American or is she? Uh... Yeah, Muslim American. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Her comic book is very very popular right now because she is. Um, she has a very positive personality, and like much like basically it's like. Hmm. Much like, like Peter Parker, but without all the cynicism behind him. Okay. Uh, and all the deaths. So he's more optimistic, let's say. She's more optimistic, in a way. Well, fair enough. Um, I think they, yeah. they'd have to change the title, I think. Uh, yeah, probably just to avoid confusing the audiences. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about Captain Marvel, Annette Benning has signed up to feature. She has, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, She's playing a scientist, and there's a rumor that she'll be playing the mother of Carol Danvers. Okay, that, that makes sense. If it, yeah, yeah, it feels like it's a five-minute role, but um, yeah, I haven't seen her in anything recently. <laughs> no, I'm sure I, she, can, I think that she does quite a mix. I guess sometimes she does bigger stuff, but um, yeah. Uh, S- Steven Spielberg, who's um always considering lots of films, but apparently is uh, he and Leo DiCaprio are considering making a biopic of Ulysses S. Grant for um all your presidential film needs. Oh, wow. Isn't he doing so many films now? Well, I'm sure Spielberg was like, oh, yeah, the next film I'm doing is Indiana Jones 5. And then... West Side Story? Then it's been nothing. But, oh, maybe I'll do West Side Story. Oh, maybe I'll do this. Oh, so, uh, so basically, he's just putting ideas out there and then all the press is just eating it up. Like. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, I mean, Leo, he's already got one Oscar, but obviously he wants another one. Uh, I don't really know anything about Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, no. What was, was he famous for? Uh, being President of America. But there are so many of them. <laughs> It's still pretty. You still get pretty famous for doing that. Uh, when was he president? Tuesday. I. I was ha- he during uh, any world wars or anything? The sound you might be able to hear is me typing Ulysses S. Grant into, into <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> I didn't go. Surely, yeah, that's, you should have done some research before you announced this. <laughs> I, I assumed, Zizan, that you're an expert on Ulysses uh, Simpson Grant, an American soldier and statesman who served as commanding general of the army and president of the United States. Uh, he, was the 18, he was president between 1869 and 77. He led the Union Army to victory over the Confederacy with the supervision of Abraham Lincoln. I guess it's a civil war kind of thing. Oh, so everything's on Wikipedia. Why do we need to watch the film? Uh, that's a very good question. He doesn't look anything like Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm just saying, looking at him there, I would not have uh, hired Leo for that role. <laughs> or maybe Bill Murray. Um, I, so there you go. I mean, Spielberg, he's made one film that's great fun, so he's got to go back to... Uh, Biopics of American presidents after his Lincoln, I guess. Do you, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? He's probably just announcing this just for the fun of it. <laughs> he just picked a, a picked a president at random. And, uh... Exactly. Yeah, and they say, "Oh nope, I'm just going back to doing Jaws 2. <laughs> um, I think I think they've already had four Jaws films. So uh, yeah. Jaws five. Then <laughs> uh, I don't think Spielberg was heavily involved in two to four. Um, Michael Caine was in one of them. Anyway, Got any more? Uh, you know I'm a fan of Leica production. We did a quiz on that. I remember. Yeah, the stop by motion. So their new film is called Missing Link and it has Hugh Jackman voicing it, the main character. Okay. As well as Zoe Saldana. So uh, Hugh Jackman will voice uh, Sir Lionel Frost in the movie. Good name. An investigator of myths and monsters. Okay. Yeah, who believes himself to be the best in the field. That's why he's 
looking to find the missing link, hence the title. I see. Yeah, and apart from that, they are having Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, Timothy Oliphant to... This is a good cast. Uh, yeah, exactly, to voice it. Um, so it'll be good. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> I'll probably... I'd be more interested in a live-action film uh, doing that, but they think... That's a good voice caster. Yeah, I mean, I do one of these voice castings. They kind of turn up, collect lots of money for a few hours' work. I don't know how hard they try. I remember Chris, seeing Chris Rock. when he, Chris Rock was in um, Madagascar films, wasn't he? And he, he did basically a stand-up thing just saying... Just, they tell him the line to say, he just says it, and he gets his money. That's it. Oh. Not doesn't respect the craft, perhaps. Yeah. But I'm sure Stephen Fry, Emma Thompson, Hugh Jackman and Timothy Oliphant will be excellent. Yep. Um, the Russo brothers have been talking Avengers Infinity War, uh, understandably. Um, okay. Um, and the, this bit of news is, is is spoilery for Infinity War, so if you haven't seen it yet... Um, spoilers, 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 spoilers. There'll, there'll be time codes, because Zijan will be editing this one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just skip to the next time code. Um, so they've been. So at the end of Infinity War, half the world dies, and they've been asked, or in fact, half the, the universe dies, um, and they've been asked about various characters whether they are dead or not. Uh, and they have answered quite a few questions. Okay, so, so tell me. Uh, dead people include Betty Ross... Uh, no one cares. <laughs> uh, Lady Sif. Okay. Which not quite set. Which I imagine. So we 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 did question last time whether um, Asgard all got half killed again, or whether the half killing they had the first time was enough. So I I guess she was killed in that first battle. Uh-huh. Um, the the character played by Matt Damon, who was Loki <laughs> in, in the play and Asgard, he's gone. That was very funny, though. That was so funny. Um, people who are alive include Aunt May. Um, and Howard the Duck. Of course, yep. And then there are some people that they said it was too spoilery to reveal whether they were dead or not, um, which include uh, Shuri, uh, uh-huh. Ned, as in Spider-Man's friend, um, Korg and Meeg. Uh, oh, okay, from Thor. From Thor, the big rocky bloke and his mate. Um, and yep. Jane Foster, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I thought Jane Foster would be dead like, permanently. Well, that's the thing. So... The fact that they said it's spoilery whether or not Jane Foster is alive is a, is an intriguing answer because that's Natalie Portman's character who who we thought was completely gone from the the franchise wasn't interested anymore, um, but might still have a part to play. Huh. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. Uh, that's all the news I have. Do you have any more news? No, I'm good. Cool. We we'll move on to to C or not to Z. Uh, we're talking about films we've seen recently. Whether you, the listener, should see them or should not Z them, and I will let you start, Zijan, as ever. Yep, uh, so a couple of days ago, I saw Deadpool 2. Excellent, me too. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it more than the first Deadpool film. Okay. I say. Yeah, probably because I went into the first film with high expectations given the rave reviews, and I was a bit disappointed by that. Okay. But this time around, I kind of adjusted my expectations, and I quite, quite enjoyed it a lot more. Um, yeah, so Deadpool 2 follows um, the story of uh, Wade Wilson. Yes. Played by a good friend, Ryan Reynolds. Friend, Lots of alliteration. A friend of the show, Ryan Reynolds. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, and this time around, he has to protect a kid from Cable, who is played by Josh Brolin. A mercenary yeah. from the future. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah, pretty and, much it, yeah. And he forms, his, he forms an X-Force team of various, yep. uh, various mutants. Um Yes, I, I, I suppose. Well, I, in fact, the first one I really didn't expect much because it, it didn't sound like my kind of film at all, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, uh-huh. I think the, the fascinating thing about this one is, is so the, the, it's kind of it's marketed as kind of crude 
jokes and kind of uh, fourth wall breaking stuff. And you've got all that. But it was more emotional than I thought it was going to be and kind of really committed to it. So you had kind of, rather than cutting away for a joke all the time, you're kind of you're actually yes. committing to proper emotional storylines and, and lessons learned and, and character stuff, which um, I thought was great. I, think you can't, I, I thought the jokes here were pretty, a lot of hit and miss though. Like they threw everything at the table and see what hits. <laughs> what yeah, sticks. I think, I mean, it's better than a lot. I think there was one yeah. or two where they kind of re- repeated the joke a couple of times. I thought, well, you could have just done that once. But the best part of this film is the mid credit scene. I was going to say, that was the highlight. It was brilliant. I almost <laughs> left the cinema because I didn't know there was I should have known there was one. Fortunately, yeah, I can't uh, come back. So stick around. For, there's nothing post credits, is there? But there is a mid credits. Um, yeah, that, that is awesome. Like 22 Jump Street. That was exactly oh, what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. That, that, just watch the film for the big credits yeah. scene, really. Uh, but awesome. lots of great cameos uh, in the film, um, including, in fact, um, another Matt Damon cameo, which I didn't realise until I, afterwards. Really? Um, so I, I guess this is kind of spoilers, but not really. You know, you know uh, when Cable arrives, there's those two uh, kind of uh, rednecks talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them is Alan Tudyk, and the other one is an uncredited uh, Matt Damon in heavy, oh, wow. heavy prosthetics. So there you go. Um, in fact, I say uncredited. He's credited as uh, as Dickie Greenleaf, I think, which is the name of Jude Law's character from the talented Mr. Ripley, which is a, oh. a obscure reference. But there you it go. It definitely is. Uh, so yeah, I'd say go and watch this one. Um, well, yeah. unless unless you get offended, I guess um, I wouldn't take my mother to see it. But uh, uh, or your ten year old kid. No, I wouldn't take my 10-year-old kid. We haven't seen each other for some time. Um, uh, right. To, to, I don't have any kids, by the way. Um, to avoid... Uh, <laughs> <There> you know. <laughs> uh, to avoid missing him out again, let's go. Let's do James Franco. Let's, let's have the different films with James Franco. Uh, yes. Shall I? Shall I so so we've, um, obviously, he's done the Spider-Man trilogy. Um, but yep. let's, let's miss that. We've talked about it a lot. A lot. Um, the most recent film I've seen of his is The Disaster Artist, which yes. uh, was the kind of the true story behind the making of the film um, The Room, uh, which is kind of one of the most famously terrible films of all time. And James Franco is outstanding in this. I think it's fantastic. Um, he plays okay. Tommy Wiseau, uh, who was a big larger-than-life character, and his impression is dead on, but just really funny performance. Uh, he won a... Did he win a Golden Globe or did he get nominated for a Golden Globe? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure he was nominated, nominated for it, yeah. And would have been nominated for an Oscar, I think, if he hadn't had some various... Uh, allegations around him circling sadly um but yeah have you seen this one uh no i haven't actually no, I, I didn't catch it in the cinema but I, I saw it on dvd um yeah i really recommend it i think i've never seen the room actually i've seen clips um i think you can enjoy it well i know you can enjoy it without having seen the room because i did but i'm, I'm sure you can enjoy it more uh if you have seen it um his previous uh brush with oscar fame was with 127 hours yep i've seen it um, Danny Boyle film gets stuck, basically gets his arm stuck under a rock. And it's pretty much a one-man show. Yeah, you've got a, kind of um, a, a brief appearance by a couple of hikers at the beginning and stuff, but yeah. One of them is played yeah. by Kate Mara, I think. Um, anyway. Oh, really? Well, it's pretty much just him uh, trying to figure his way out. It's based on the true story. Yeah. And although, I must admit, I fast-forwarded through bits where he was cutting his arm off. Oh, uh, Colin. Cause... I watched that bit in the oh. cinema. Oh. There was like there was a silence because there was a part where you can hear the snap. Yeah, well, it's the and oh, it's the country. The nerves is the worst. But anyway, yeah. yes, that was um. Difficult, it, it, it was experience. I would say that the whole you can the whole audience was just like you can hear a simultaneous yeah. gasp at that part. It was wow. So a, um, I, I mean, I knew this was gonna happen because 
I mean, I thought I, everyone knew it was going to happen, I think, yeah. Yeah, we, we know the story, we read about it. Actually, he's quite brave to do that, though. I don't think I'll be able to... No, I just... Well, I had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, exactly. Uh, it's a good film. I think um, it's maybe Danny Boyle realised that a bloke can st- stuck in one place for an hour and a half is a little dull, so it maybe goes a bit over the top in the kind of flashbacks and camera angles and all this. But I guess you kind of had to to make it interesting. But um, yeah, it's worth seeing. Uh, he has a... A very variable career, does James Franco. <laughs> he has. He cameos a lot in a lot of his friends' films as well. Oh, yeah. He does. So, like, he was... He, he and Seth Rogen are, like, basically best buds, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, he, he has appeared in The Green Hornet. He has appeared in Knocked Up. Uh, as, yeah. uh, he has appeared in Pineapple Express as well. Oh, yeah, that was... Yeah, leading, that was the end. I watched, yeah, I watched the beginning of the night before and I switched off. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. Um, yeah, these kind of stoner films, I guess. Um, yeah, he was a stoner in Date Night as well, the one with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Yes, I, I've got Date Night here. I didn't actually remember him in it. Um, I've seen the film twice, but uh, obviously not very memorable. Um, there's a lot of good... Is that Gal Gadot is in that? Mark Wahlberg? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have quite a huge is Mark cast. Ruff, is Mark Ruffalo in this at one point? Uh, I, that might not be true, but... Um, apparently he's in The Holiday as well. I don't remember that either. No, definitely not that. Uh, it's a film called Interview in which his voice is on the phone I'm not sure how much that counts um, I watched the first I don't know probably even half an hour or so or maybe 20 minutes of Your Highness that, yep. that's terrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got Rise of the Planet of the Apes I must admit I'm not a huge fan I know others are um, I've, uh, I've, I didn't enjoy the first one as much but the later two are apparently really good I've seen the second one but the third one is supposed to be outstanding yeah I've heard they get better so I kind of gave up after the first one so I should probably um, go back to it. Uh, it had a very strange dead-eyed performance in Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, I did like that. It was basically like him hosting the Oscars again. Yeah. It was just... Because he's a talented actor, but he so clearly didn't care at all about yes. that whole film. That was very yeah. weird. It's, it's a weird film because Zach Braff is, is doing a kind of sitcom type thing. It felt very odd in, on the big screen. Mila Kunis I thought was really good in it. Um, but yeah, but that's about it really. It's not a great yeah. film. A film called True Story, which I mentioned before. Um which is a weird performance. It's him and Jonah Hill uh, and uh, Felicity Jones, a, a guy who's uh, in prison and a guy who's writing a story about it. It's another one. Uh, it's good, actually. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix? It might not be. Um, and This Is The End, which is a bunch of Seth Rogen and his mates um, playing themselves in an apocalypse <laughs> film, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, the other films I have on my list is Milk. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Which uh, stars Sean Penn. As the titular of Harvey Milk. Yes. And James Franco plays his lover. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great film. I enjoy that film. Uh, yeah, did some Oscar business, didn't it? Uh, yeah, Sean Penn won his, um, I don't know how many number of Oscars though. It might be his only one, actually. Is it? Uh, Sean Penn's only Oscar, it might be, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. It might not be, though. Who knows? <laughs> Surely a, a film podcast can't be expected to do that kind of... <laughs> to do... <laughs> I, I kind of have that kind of knowledge. Goodness me. Um... Okay, is that, is that your lot? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, so what's your favourite James Franco film? Uh, look at the list right now. I think I like Spider-Man 2. Yep, I was going to say Spider-Man 2 for me as well. Um, yep. And uh, least favourite? Uh, it's The Green Hornet. If I'm going to go for least favourite one I've actually seen in its entirety. Um, <laughs> it's probably Austin Great and Powerful. Uh, it might even be The Holiday. I really didn't like The Holiday. Oh, really? Um, I really, maybe I should try it again sometime. Actually, no, no, it's Spider-Man 3, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> that, uh, Toby Maguire doing oh. 
bad Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tobey Maguire doing bad Tobey Maguire, quite. Okay, we move on to the main topic then of today, uh, which is ranking the DC films. As I say, it's, it's mostly Superman and Batman, but a few other things thrown in. Um, um, if we've missed out your favourite, it's because we don't like you. Now, I'm going to um, run through them <laughs> in uh, in chronological order. Um, what's going to happen? I say is I, I've ranked mine one to seventeen. Um, I don't know how many you've seen, Zijan. Um, uh, one to fifteen. One to fifteen. Um, then my little spreadsheet I've got here is going to give them each a score. So if if I put what, the one that came in first for me gets fifteen out of fifteen, the one, sorry, seventeen out of seventeen, the one second one gets sixteen out of seventeen, etc. etc. Uh, Zijan does the same. We take the average score, rank them, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get a definitive list of those seventeen or possibly more. To, if you've ranked any films I haven't seen. Let's go. The first. Oh, you have a spreadsheet. I have, I have a spreadsheet right here. Yeah, I'm not doing this in my head. Um, <laughs> um, so we've got Superman is our first film. Uh, the Christopher Reeve classic. You'll believe a man can fly. Uh, basically, the first big superhero film. Have you seen it? No. Brilliant. Uh, I will be hasty. I have seen it. Um, it stars obviously. I say Christopher Reeve, but more importantly, um, for the, at the time. Uh, it had Marlon Brando and um, Gene Hackman, who were big stars. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Marlon Brando plays uh, his dad, Jor-El, um, and Gene Hackman plays Lex Luthor. Uh, and that was, I think, how they got people in, so that clearly uh, big stars wouldn't play a superhero, because no one had heard of Christopher Reeve before, I don't think. But uh, they would play a villain uh, and got paid phenomenal amounts of money for doing so. So it's... Um, As you do. Yeah, I think it's it's... Clear that I mean, it's clear that it's new in terms of the, the superhero genre hadn't really been sorted out at that point. Like, it, well, sorted out's the wrong way, but no one really knew what they were doing in some ways. So, some of the stuff famously at the end, he goes back in time. Just as a quick note, he doesn't turn back time, he goes back in time, subtly, subtly different, um, by, by flying around the earth really quickly, which is because that's how it works, yeah. And in fact, throughout all these Superman films, there, there's all kinds of nonsense, um. <laughs> Well, they haven't really thought things. Well, it's just things like, yeah, he can do anything. So there's no sort of trying, even explaining what his powers are, really. It's Was just, there kryptonite then as well? Um, yeah, there's kryptonite involved. Um, it's involved more in the second one, but uh, I think this is, I think it's in the first one as well. Yeah. Uh, so I've ranked this sixth on my list. I think it's a it's a very good effort. It's, it feels a bit dated um, today. That's quite high up, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's um it's worth watching. As I say, it feels a bit dated, but I think for its time, is is very good. Okay. Um, Superman two. I'm, I'm assuming you haven't seen that one either. Uh no, no, the first four okay. Superman okay. films. Okay. Uh, so Superman yeah. two is um, uh, obviously the sequel. Gene Hackman came back. I think they they might have used some Marlon Brando footage. I could be wrong about that. Um, it's uh, the Zod and his henchmen come down to earth. Um, in fact, the zone is you see them going in um, into the what, what's that zone called? Phantom Negative zone. Negative, is it? Phantom zone. Phantom zone. Whatever zone yeah, is. Phantom zone. Yeah. Uh, I think in the first one, but they, they come into the second one. Um, this is like when Richard Donner was directing it, and then he got kicked off the project. So there is a Richard Donner cut flying around, which is uh, apparently better. But I've not, I've not seen it. But yeah, this is a kind of a, a great sequel. I think it's um, kind of develops the the character and, and puts a bit more uh, interesting villain in there. Well, actually, I mean, you've still got Gene Hackman. Um, playing Lex Luthor, uh, wandering around. But when I'm talking about the kind of weird powers, there's a scene where they're at the um, Fortress of Solitude and Superman throws a, a a kind of plastic S that comes out of his S on his chest at this guy. And it's like a big polythene thing. That kind of, not polythene. What? 
it's yeah look it up on youtube it's just so weird and it kind of like we, we, it basically kind of envelops him makes him fall over and then disappears it's like well brilliant okay <laughs> what, what, what was that for how did that happen what's going on but uh overall i've put this in fourth actually i think it's uh, even better than the first one those are really really high like i'm looking at my list of top four films yeah i'm quite surprised that it's that high as well well to be honest there's a lot that aren't very good in the dc of us but uh, <laughs> Uh, but there you are. Put that um, Superman three is terrible. Um, I don't know how they managed to get it quite so badly wrong after the first two. Uh, it's got Richard Pryor, who is uh, a stand-up comedian, effectively, um, playing essentially Superman's psychic. So he's a guy who works with computers. N- no one in the world understands computers less than the writers of Superman 3. It's incredible. <laughs> um, Why? What, so, what happens? So he's a computer genius, and he figures out that um, whenever you're being... All the salaries are paid by this company. They round it to the nearest cent. What happens to all the rounded bits? Well, he writes a computer algorithm that collects them and gives them to himself. But the algorithm is basically just him writing in, give me rounded up cent salary. And <laughs> um, anyway. Well, it was that easy. Yeah. Um, at one point fairly early on, he skis off the side of a, of a roof with a pink cape for no reason it's a terrible <laughs> terrible film um i'm trying to remember the name of the guy who basically gene hackman wasn't in it but they had another guy who was essentially playing the gene hackman role the kind of actually there's a maniacal uh, rich evil guy um and it's a great actor who was in uh, magnificent seven and hustle i can't remember his name uh anyway uh there's one good scene where so superman turns evil in this film and then splits between superman and clark kent and they have a fight in a trash yard um, uh, would a Clark Kent lose? Uh, well, easily, but Clark Kent still seemed to have Superman's powers, as far as I could tell. It doesn't okay. make any sense at all, but it's great. Um, <laughs> I have ranked that film sixteen out of seventeen. Um, <laughs> it's not a mile. Uh, Superman four, I have not seen, but apparently is even worse. Yeah, I heard there was like this environmentally spin on it as well. So I heard. Yeah, they. Um, I think they just had no budget for that one. Christopher Reeve had a lot more scene as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. That's why you do not let actors direct. That's it. Well, actually, a lot of them are good, but um, not. Well, I say I've not seen it. Maybe, maybe all the reviews are wrong. Um, but we maybe. move on to the Cape Crusader, uh, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. I'm sure you've seen that one. Yes, I have. Uh, the one, the classic one with uh, Michael Keaton as yes. the the Dark Knight and Jack Nicholson. As the classic Joker, yeah, yeah. Um, I I remember seeing this when I was very young. Um, the only part I remember it very clearly is the giant parade at the end when he was trying to spread laughing gas. Okay, it's Joker gas around the world, isn't it? I don't remember that, but I'm sure you're right. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, but I I do remember enjoying it when I was younger. So I ranked it as number five. Number five. So it's um Tim Burton, who again I guess yep. a bit like um a bit like the other guy, uh, I feel like the um. Richard Donner is more, more interested in the villains than the hero, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Jack Nicholson played a very good Joker. Yeah. I I mean, I think Heath Ledger has kind of overtaken him now in, in that respect. But um, Definitely, yeah. But uh, he started the whole DCEU franchise again. Yeah, he did. And, and it's a bit, I say, it's like Gene Hackman in that you get the bigger name to play the villain. Because Michael Keaton, I don't think, was well-known at the time. Um, he... The costume, uh, Michael Keaton's inability to move his neck, that was quite amusing. Um, <laughs> so I think they improved it for the uh, the second one. Oh, I should say, I, I've ranked this uh, eighth, 
in my list. Batman '89. Um, I, I must admit, I, I I know it's kind of again it feels a bit dated. I think for me, you probably would be yeah. Uh, Batman Returns, as does as does uh, Timothy Burton. Uh, yeah, this is probably my favorite of the uh, the the first four Batman films. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know the Penguin was a bit over the top, but I think Michelle Pfeiffer played a very good Catwoman in this film. Um, fair enough. So uh, in, in my so it's Michael Keaton back again. He's, he's fine. Um, in my view, the Penguin is just so far dark, weird, over the edge that I don't. Know. So over the top. Yeah, I think this is a kids' film effectively, and like he's biting, <laughs> and he's biting people's nose off, and he's living in a sewer, and he's, oh. he hired a bunch of penguins with rockets on the back. He did. He did. Like. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> <laughs> like all, uh, like all genius, uh, genius villains. And to be honest, the Michelle Pfeiffer thing I felt very uncomfortable with. Um, and this is a, a kind of, I guess we still got this with Harley Quinn as well. Um, this kind of idea that when women go insane, that makes them really sexy. Uh, it feels quite misogynistic to me. Well, it's not as bad as the Halle Berry one. Uh, we'll come on to that, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I rank this uh, as four. Four. I put it in twelfth. Um, okay. was, are you recording this by the way how are you going to add up the scores I've got I'm going to put it in my spreadsheet um, yes no I, I, I'm writing your numbers down um, and hoping that by the time I finish this it will work we shall see um, Batman Forever the, the Timothy Burden had left the franchise by 1995 but Joel Schumacher had come in and brought with him uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face apparently um, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey didn't get on well they, well, yeah, apparently Tommy Jones absolutely hated Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, yeah. uh, Val Kilmer is probably my favorite Batman. He's, oh, he's my favorite Batman out of the originals. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's really good. Yeah, he it's actually. Really good. And, and, and this is an unpopular opinion we have because most people prefer Michael Keaton, but um, I think Val Kilmer brought more too. I never really cared about Michael Keaton's Batman too much, or Bruce Wayne particularly. I don't like Nicole Kidman's character. Uh, Chase, found it very unnecessary. It? Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I thought she was. It's just like a love interest just because of that, yeah. She was, I don't mind. She was that, that. I don't mind a love interest. Um, I know you don't. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this was, I mean, this is over the top, wacky, silly stuff, which Jim Carrey does well and Tommy Lee Jones doesn't really do that well. Um, no. But he should know, but he signed up for it, though. He should, shouldn't he? Apparently, uh, there's a story that Jim Carrey tells about Tommy Lee Jones coming up to him in a restaurant. Um, I think it's during the making of, and saying to him, I cannot sanction your buffoonery, uh, which is a great great phrase anyway I've ranked this 11th on my list so in fact just ahead of Batman Returns um, I ranked this uh, number 6 number 6 you like your Batman yeah I do uh, yeah I think it, it, it doesn't feel at all like it's in the Tim Burton universe because it's wacky and silly and stuff but I think they, they manage that fairly well speaking of which there's Return in Batman and Robin Joel Schumacher's effort with um, <laughs> where we have George Clooney uh, donning the cowl um, this is the one with the bat suit with nipples and the bat credit card. The bat credit card. Because <laughs> I, I, I think there are actually nipples on the bat suit in Batman Forever, which no one talks about. But the bat credit card. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> that's yes. I'm going to be incognito by taking out a unique credit card for my bank, Batman bank. Um, it's also the, where George Clooney uses the line, "This is why Superman works alone," um, just, which is gave everyone hope that this was a wider DC universe because I get. There was no attempt to introduce non-Batman characters, like you, other than that throwaway reference to Superman. At no point were we thinking, "Oh, let's bring in Green Lantern or or Flash or whatever else." Um, this was an extremely camp film. Like you have Arnold Schwarzenegger as oh, Doctor Fre- yeah. Mr. Freeze doing lots of ice puns and cool puns. So terrible. I, it is. A, I like a pun. 
but uh, every line, and also he cannot deliver them to say. Well, I don't know why there was this belief in the in the nineties that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a great comic action character. <laughs> it's like he can't do comedy. Oh. It definitely isn't. And then you have Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Actually, the worst part of this film, I think. There's, I mean, there's, competing with a lot, but I think she is the worst part. Unwatchable. I, Very bad. I have ranked this 17 out of 17. I ranked this 14 out of 15. Oh, there's one worse. Okay, I look forward to finding out what that one is. Yeah. Um, Catwoman. Uh, have you <laughs> you've seen Catwoman? I haven't. So uh, tell me. Yep. Tell me about this. Is Catwoman. 15 out of 15. Okay. Just just so you know, I'm going to say out there, and this is my 50 out of 15. Yep. This has absolutely nothing to do with the Catwoman that we know from the comic books. This was a different character altogether. Her name is Patience, rather than Selina Cow in all the comic books' uh, iterations of it. She got her powers by, for some reason, she fell off a high-story building, and then she got surrounded by a bunch of cats who did, licked her, did, and then did she, she some powers. Did she land on her feet? She didn't land on her feet no, the first time uh, no, and basically it's Halle Berry playing her. Um, she has the worst costume ever. Like yeah. no one in their right mind will fight in that costume. <laughs> for example, it's it's just awful. It's just awful. And the big bad in that film is basically the leader of the the CEO of a cosmetics company. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Who apparently once she applies a lot of her own cosmetics on her own skin, she becomes super strong. Yeah. Uh. I've seen the uh, I've seen the scene where she's playing basketball. I don't know if that's a, a low point in the film, but I can't imagine any of it being worse than that. Uh, um, she also seems to take on the characteristics of cats. And did she drink a lot? She of does milk as well. Start licking herself or something. So. Yeah, she does. It's totally different from Catwoman yeah. from the comics. Well, originally it was supposed to be a Michelle Pfeiffer spin-off. That was that was how this project began. So. Um, but well, Halle Berry became big around that time, though. She won an Oscar a couple of years before that. Yeah. In Monsters Ball, but. Look how far she's coming. <laughs> and never really recovered. Um, no. Okay. Uh, Batman Begins is the uh, came in just a year after Catwoman. Um, hard to believe in two thousand and five. Uh, this is the the reboot, obviously. Um, and and this is your, your textbook gritty reboot. So, uh, hoping we'd all forgotten about Batman and Robin, which is only eight years beforehand, which feels longer. Oh wow, that's that's not long. Yeah. Uh, so Christian Bale playing Bruce Wayne and uh, directed obviously by Christopher Nolan. Um, this again, like the other ones, I guess, completely eschewed any any other DC characters, um, or at least any other kind of non-Batman characters. But it felt very much like a "What if Batman was real?" So they tried to keep everything. Certainly in this first one, at least, um, well, first two thirds of this one, try, try to keep everything fairly grounded. So his Batmobile was a kind of a army design, and uh, his his cowl was, was theoretically scientifically accurate in this. Yeah, um, it was a very bulky back to it compared to the ones we're used to. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's weird looking back at it now. It looks quite weird, but um, but yes, it's but, probably, probably armored for fighting as opposed to the. Yeah, you you yeah. imagine it to be. Yeah, it has to be so. Unfortunately, mm. um, we had uh, Katie Holmes in this one as his love interest. We had uh, Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine. Uh, this is this is a great great film. Uh, I think the the last third was the kind of the the um, we're going to microwave all the water to send everyone crazy. Got a bit silly because um, think well if you're going to make all the water boil, doesn't that kill everyone anyway? Yeah, because we're all like ninety percent water or something. Uh, but great performance, great direction. I think um, to, a really good idea to kind of make it this kind of gritty. And I think gritty reboot is overused now, but kind of yeah, probably feels real. Uh, I have ranked this number one on my list. Wow, that's very high. It is. It's, it's, it's as high as you can get, in fact. Yes. It's a, yeah, I rank it number three. 
Number three. So I enjoyed it. Um, and I give it credit. Uh, I also blame it for this whole DCU needing to be gritty and dark and all that. That is true. Yeah, yeah. It's all its fault. I blame. <laughs> it's a it's a great film, but it's all <laughs> DCU can't think of anything else apart from this now. Yeah. They, they need to. They wanted to follow this formula this whole time round, and they still fail to replicate it. They don't. They don't understand what makes this film good. Yeah, and no, I think I think you're right. I think even when Man of Steel came out, it was it felt like it was very much trying to copy the Dark Knight trilogy. Even even in the title, kind of saying, "Oh, well, Dark Knight is Batman's nickname, Man of Steel is Superman's nickname." Yeah. Um, oh. And Christian Nolan, I think, is still an executive producer on these things, which I'm sure he has no involvement whatsoever. But uh, yeah, I think, and also I think the reason I rent this, so we'll, we'll come on to Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, but I think I rent this this top because it didn't feel as over the top. It, I think they got a bit hubristic towards the end, but. Um, Look on to those. Uh, so a year later, 2006, we had Superman Returns. Um, yeah, Brad- this is why we have Brendan Roof and Kevin Spacey. That's it. Uh, so yet again, getting the bigger name to play the villain. Uh, it's set in the same continuity as, as the previous Superman films. So it's theoretically set... So I think basically, essentially they ignored Superman 3 and 4 um, okay. and set this one after Superman 2. So Superman has gone off to, to visit his home planet or to see if his home planet of Krypton still exists. Uh, it doesn't. Um, so and he's, he's he returns in this one, so even the title again, Batman Begins, Superman Returns. It feels like they're trying to tie. In the, there was some talk of kind of tying these things together, which um, never happened. Uh, yeah, I think it, it didn't do very well actually. Which I was quite surprised. Though. I didn't hate it that much. No, I, it reminds me of a Superman that I of the ones I read in the comics really, hmm. rather than the recent Supermans that. Yeah, no, he's he's a, he's a brighter character. I think he's he's. Kind of yeah, he's just a good guy, um, very much like the Christopher Reeve and kind of. In fact, Brandon Ruff looks quite a lot like Christopher Reeve in this, so uh, it feels like that was that was deliberate. Uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey kind of going manic over the top. I quite enjoyed that. Uh, the plot line's a bit silly, but hey, it's not as silly as the previous Superman films. Exactly. Uh, I think it's a shame this one didn't carry on. Actually, uh, I really me too. Me too. They even introduced his son, um, who uh, yeah, basically he seemed to. Uh, sleep with Lois Lane before he left, and and uh, his son was was born in his absence. Um, although she was pretending it was the son of some other bloke played by James Marsden. Um, I've actually ranked this fifth in my list. I ranked this eighth in right. my list. There you go. So uh, it's a shame it's been wiped from history, uh, more or less. But I know. There you go. It's uh, I'd say yes. Yeah, I found it's my, my second favorite Superman film. It looks like mm. uh, spoilers for Man of Steel later. Uh, okay, we move on to the Dark Knights. Um, which is a lot of people's favorite films. Yes, hugely rated. Uh, Heath Ledger is an outstanding Joker. He is. He's so great. He won an Oscar for it and well deserved. So yeah, as well. Uh, it's pretty much the Joker film, really, rather than the Batman film. It is, and, and I think if you're going to criticize it at all, it's partly yeah. Batman is basically a supporting character um, in this, yeah. which is, I mean, to be honest, fine because Heath Ledger is so good. Um, the plot line is, makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a. I've heard some criticism again how this affected other films, and it's such a ridiculously convoluted plan. I mean, at one point, um, Bruce Wayne shoots a bullet into a brick so that he can then work out where the fragments go, so that he can take the fragments from another bullet and put them back to reveal a fingerprint. Um, oh, really? Which is such garbage. I mean, I mean it shows no understanding whatsoever of uh, of well fractals, or, I guess, or. Uh, chaos theory, or, or in fact, the the fact that, um, and I didn't know this, but the the bit that you'd actually put your thumb on is the shell, which wouldn't be wouldn't be found anyway. So um, <laughs> there you go. Um, but it does mean that things like um, I guess Skyfall after that and things like 
felt they also had to have really convoluted plots and, and villain plans. But you can kind of ignore that, really. Yeah, but I, I do ignore that. I think, I mean, like, it's the Joker. Yeah. The Joker carries the... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and in fact, Two Faces Back, which which works pretty well. Um, a lot better than Tommy Lee Jones' version of it. Uh, and it hadn't got too big for its boot at this stage, I think. Uh, no, so this, yet, this is yet. second in my list. This is first on my list. I got a good feeling about this one coming out on top. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I always I, I tussle back and forth with when Batman Begins. Um, I said I've just run Batman Begins ahead of it, but um, on another day I could go the other way. Uh, next up, three years later, Green Lantern, starring Ryan Reynolds um, as, as the titular character, Hal Jordan as well is his real name. Uh, he joins the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, it's not. It's not good, is it? Um, uh I like to toss it that. Like, I don't hate it as much as most people do. Like, no. There, there, there are bits which I like. I, I enjoyed the fight scene when he was on, um, Oa. Okay. Where he was training to be a Green Lantern, so I enjoyed that bit. Like, and it's been a. Like, I do enjoy the Green Lantern comic, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, okay. here, but I don't hate it as much as most people do. So I watched this for the first time uh, last week, just for this podcast. That's my dedication. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a big old CGI fest, and uh, I don't enjoy that really. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is actually quite good, and I think very captivating. He's, he's a fun guy. Um, I'd love to rank this higher because it's the film where he met Blake Lively, who's now his wife. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I ranked it 14. Wow, I ranked this 9. 9, okay. Yeah. Um, because I don't hate it as much. I mean, like, it, it has. It is a big CGI fest, you're true, but it's Green Lantern. I mean, he projects. And, yeah, and, with light. yeah, which I what think else? is pretty stupid. <laughs> like, you just picks a big old green boxing glove and a, and a green, like, scale electric or something. Yeah, exactly. So, if, what if, else? if that's what you want, then go for it. Um, yeah, what do you expect? <laughs> but I think also this came at a time, yeah, it became between the Dark Knight films when gritty uh, real life stuff was all the rage. So, it was never going to do well at the time anyway. Um, no. If it came out 10 years earlier, maybe people would have loved it. Uh, so, we have Dark Knight Rises a year later, um, which I. Again, obviously the final of the Donut Trilogy. And when I was talking about hubris, I think this is where it got a bit too... Uh, Big for his butts. Yeah. Kind of, it runs, I don't know, two hours, 40 or something. It's, um, Christopher Nolan, I think, takes himself very, very seriously, which is fair enough. But they could have done a bit more levity in this, I think. Yeah, I definitely didn't enjoy this film, as much as the previous two films as well. The plot was a bit too convoluted. There was such a cop-out in the end as well. Although I would say Anne Hathaway made a very good Catwoman. Anne Hathaway was very good actually. Yeah, she she did well. Um, yeah, yeah. I said I didn't hate it at all. I I, I enjoyed it. I just think uh, it didn't quite live up to us. I think there's I really missed Heath Ledger as well because the the villains in this one, Bane uh, as played by um, uh, Tom, Hardy, Tom Hardy, he was fine. You couldn't really understand anything he was saying, but um, he, he was good muscular. But following Heath Ledger is is not an easy thing to do. So no, definitely. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I quite liked the bit at the end where they called him Robin. I know some people hate that. I enjoyed that. They introduced way too many characters, though, doesn't they? Yeah, there's too much. It runs too long and there's too much in it. Um, exactly. The bit where they decided to send every single policeman in the city uh, underground was... That's the dumbest decision. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mentioning Gary Oldman. He's in these as well. And he's always always strong. Um, so I didn't hate it. I ranked it seventh in my list. Oh, yeah. That's the first time we tight, Colin. Yeah. There you go. Um... Right, and then a year after that, um, only a year after that, Man of Steel, the uh, DC. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Wow. 
So when Man of Steel came out, I don't think it was really um, really marketed as the beginning. Well, certainly it wasn't marketed as the beginning of the DCEU. I don't think there was any necessary overt ideas that it would become that. I think it was just we haven't done Superman for a few years. Right, so let's bring him back. Um, I really enjoyed the first half of this film. So it's uh, you kind of see Clark Kent uh, growing up a bit. Um, you see him uh, as a kid kind of experiencing his powers the first time. He goes off um, around the world a bit. And it's it's him learning about being like who Superman is, uh, or what it is to be to be a superhero. Um, his his adoptive father tries to persuade him not to be, and there's some interesting moral stuff there. And then it just becomes a big old fight with Zod for an hour. Yeah, well, I I did like this film that much, partially because I did like this version of Superman. Okay, and especially Jonathan Kent. Yes, it's such a I mean Kevin it's Costner. Not much. Yeah. It's not what Superman is supposed to be. I, I'm, I'm very disappointed with that bit of it. And I also didn't buy the chemistry that much between Henry Cavill and Amy Adams. Okay. As um, Superman and Lois Lane. So, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this film. So, I, I agree with most of that. I, I actually, I, I thought the Henry Cavill and Amy Adams stuff worked pretty well. I liked Amy Adams' role in this. Kind of gave a bit more agency to Lois Lane. and Made a, a proper investigative reporter who finds out who he is pretty quickly because she knows what she's doing. Um, yeah, but I'd agree. Yeah, it's, not, it's not really Superman. He's... Again, dark and gritty and blah, blah, blah. And Unnecessarily so as well. Yeah. Superman should be a voice for hope. Um, yeah. And, and he really wasn't. So I've put this 10th on my list. 10th on mine as well. Oh, there you go. We're in sync. Um, three years later, I thought, well, if Superman didn't work uh, by himself, let's throw him, <laughs> throw him Batman as well in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, we've we've talked this one to death before. Uh, um, yes. Let's just pick our our favourite and least favourite moments from it. Um, my least favourite moment is where Diana Prince is looking up trailers of other superhero films. Um, my favourite. My least. My, oh, so your, your least favourite. Anything revolving Lex Luthor. Okay. Um, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm struggling. Um, Wonder I, Woman showing up. Yeah, I guess uh, that's probably my favorite part. I like the bit where Clark Kent and Amy Adams, um, Lois Lane, were in a bath for no reason, fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so fifteenth uh, as for me. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, Suicide Squad came later that same year. What a year 2016 was for the DC Universe. What a bad year. Uh, we did a whole episode on this. Um, uh, take a bunch of people, don't develop their characters, edit it badly, make the storyline make no sense. Um, Put lots of music in it as well, trying to emulate Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, I can't be bothered. Uh, <laughs> 13. 12. 12. Listen to our previous podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, just when you thought the DCEU was hopeless, couldn't go anywhere, was dying, 2017 came around and we got Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot uh, playing Diana Prince um, from Themyscira. She Chris Pine hook up. They come back to, well, London to begin with, then off to fight in the First World War. Yeah. Uh, what a great Wonder Woman Gal Gadot is. Again, we didn't have to hit on this. Uh, the film itself... It's a little bit formulaic in places, but um, yeah, but it's it's compared to what DC Universe has put out so far. Yeah. It's a refreshing yeah. relief, and, and this is what Superman should be—a kind of beacon of hope, truth, love. Um, exactly, she's she's great, and it's what uh, Wonder Woman should be as well. So, and uh, uh, 
and a beacon uh, of hope for us all. So I rank this uh, third in my list. I rank this second on my list. Second. Um, and finally, unless you've got any more I haven't thought of, um, no. we have last year's Justice League, um, where all your favourite heroes combined to fight a badly rendered CGI character. <laughs> uh, um, you think this would be so great. Uh, it's not bad. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I can see many, many flaws with it, but I think Joss Whedon, if Joss Whedon had been there from the beginning, this would be an outstanding film, I think. Oh, well, he's a very good film. Um, he does some great stuff. Unfortunately, he had Snyder bits in it as well. Yeah. So Joss Whedon came in. He, Barry Allen, I think it's a great performance. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Ezra Miller. Uh, kind of funny and awkward. Um, Wonder Woman didn't have much to do, but she did it fine. The kind of Superman coming back is, is pretty good, apart from the moustache. Um <laughs> So I, you remember Cyborg, Colin? You remember Cyborg? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like so excited by the Cyborg film coming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ben Affleck. I actually thought he was okay, but he clearly doesn't want to be there. <laughs> so, uh, no, definitely not. Um, is that all of them? No, there's Aquaman. He was fun. So um, I actually came out of the cinema thinking that was great, but um, I've ranked it ninth. Cause I it, ranked it 11. Because it could be so much better. Um, so whilst I'm uh, playing the spreadsheet, um, what we just remind us what your top, let's say your top four were. So the top four are The Dark Knight, Wonder Woman, Batman Begins, and uh, Batman Returns. Okay, mine were um, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Wonder Woman, and Superman Two. Um, but I can tell now the definitive uh, ranking of the DC Universe from the CZ movies um, from the bottom: uh, Catwoman. Oh, <laughs> awful, awful, awful film. Uh, then Batman and Robin. Uh, Superman 3 uh, Batman v Superman Suicide Squad Green Lantern Justice League surprisingly low there uh, Man of Steel um, Batman Forever Batman Returns uh, Dark Knight Rises Superman Returns Batman Superman Superman 2 and then our top 3 Wonder Woman in 3rd Batman Begins in 2nd and The Dark Knight sits atop the pile in the 1st place yeah no surprises there I think the top 3 really uh, not at all. No, that's um, well. In fact, that top three were indeed both of our top threes, just in a slightly different order. So uh, exactly, yeah. makes a lot of sense. There you go. Uh, let us know if you agree, disagree, whether you feel we should have included Supergirl, um, where Superman uh. Four would come, etc., <laughs> etc. Et uh, we can contact us, or you can contact us rather on um, CZ of Movies at gmail dot com or on Twitter at CZ of Movies. Good times. We might do that with. We we talked about doing it with um the MCU, but because we've won a bit of Avengers heavy recently, thought why not? Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. We could we should rank some other stuff sometime. I like listing things. Listing is fun. Um, I didn't ask you because it's my turn. Um, when we did the actor factor, I forgot to say who we're talking about next time. Um, I'll just mention. Am that. I in the next podcast? By yeah, the not in the next podcast. No, our next podcast is um is is the solo one with James Lee, and I'll be talking about Harrison Ford films uh, again. Have you guys done it? We, yeah. Uh, well, this is the third time. Every time we say we're going to do it, and then we never get, to, never get around <laughs> to doing it. So, um, hey, who knows? Uh, yeah, clearly, clearly, Colin, by the way, clearly I listen to your podcast. <laughs> <with James. laughs> I can't even get my co-host to listen. Wow. Um, <laughs> It's a Star Wars film, kind um, But we move on to the quiz, and this time we are quizzing on the films of Diablo Cody. Uh, hit me. So, question one. What is Diablo Cody's directorial debut? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a quiz, but I'm not going to do very well. This is going to be quick. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let uh, me... 
No, I don't, I don't even have a guess. No, I don't know. It's a film called Paradise. Fine. Um, <laughs> Diamond Cody is apparently writing a musical based on which series of books? Oh, is she? Oh, wow. Is this uh, Sweet Valley High? It is Sweet Valley High. Very good. <laughs> awesome. Well, apparently, two. apparently there's like over 100 of these Sweet Valley High books. Yeah. yeah, they are. Have you read them before? Uh, no, but Simon, if he's listening, uh, was a devotee uh, in our youth. I've read a few books of it. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It's not really aimed at us, is it? Um. No. <laughs> uh, question two. Which Infinity War star has a small role in Jennifer's body as Officer Roman uh, Roman Duda? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I don't think I know. Um, I'm going to say... Infinity War star. I'm going to say Josh Brolin. No, it's Chris Pratt. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, question two for you. Does Juno have a boy or a girl? Wow. Uh, it's a girl, isn't it? It's a boy. Oh, man. <laughs> hmm. Oh. 50-50, I missed yeah. it. Uh, question three. What is Juno's favourite drink, which you can see her holding a bottle of in the opening title sequence? Oh. Oh, I, I should know this. That's a great opening title sequence as well. Exactly. Um... I'm going to say Lucozaid. No, it's an orange juice. Sunny D orange juice Sunny as well. D. I knew it was orange. Because um, there's a big thing about the other guy liking orange Tic Tacs in there. Exactly, yeah. Um, in the film Jennifer's Body, what is Jennifer's surname? Oh. Uh, I don't know this. Alice, maybe? Uh, check, apparently. Oh, check. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, question four. In which of Diablo Cody's films had real-life parent and child actors play parent and child? Hmm. That's a good question. Parent and child. I'm going to say Ricky and the Flash. Yes, it is. It's Meryl Streep and her daughter. It's Mummy Mimi Gummer. Gummer. Yeah, I've seen a few things. Um, question four for you. Uh, Mavis Gary is the lead character in Young Adult. What is her job? Uh, she writes young adult novels, right? She does, which I've seen the film. I don't remember that being the case, but um, apparently it is. So. No. Um, and my last question for you, yes. which I'm pretty sure you can get. As a way to entice critics to review the film, what notable item from Juno was sent to them? Hamburger phones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, question five for you. We're coming at two all, so you can win it with this one. Uh, who directed Ricky and the Flash? That is Jonathan Demme. Very good. Um, congratulations, you win. Uh, which I think we tight for the year. I think we are. I think we are. That's um, a good place to be. So as mentioned, next time James and I will be talking solo as well as the Harrison Ford actor facts. We, we hopefully will do. Um, I think we're doing another Star Wars quiz because that's the only thing James knows about, um, in which he will yet again beat me comprehensively. Um, I <laughs> and was. I'll, I'll be the missing from the next two podcasts as well. Oh uh, yes, one after that because my brother is coming on the podcast after that to do the top ten films between the letter S, and you're going to be having a holiday. Yes, I am. Slacker. Well, I'll see you, Zijan, in some t- some many weeks. <laughs> Will do. Bye.